Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hi, everybody. This is Terror Talk. This is Shannon, and I am here with Kathy. Hi. Hello. Today, we are starting our October Palooza. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> basically. So the idea is this: we are going each week in October. We're going to speak about a, basically a mythical creature. Although we could have an argument about which things are mythical and which aren't, and in what context. So today is ghosts. Next week is werewolves, then zombies, then vampires, then witches. And obviously there are contemporary witches, but we're talking about witches in horror movies. So we'll just, when we get there, we can have that debate. But today is ghosts. And again, I think ghosts are the other thing out of those five things that we could deliberate whether they're mythical or real or whatever. But today we're going to talk ghosts and we're going to talk ghost movies. So I was thinking that perhaps the first thing I should say is what a ghost is, right? Mm-hmm. We should know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. In case you live under a rock, um, <laughs> in folklore, a ghost is a soul or a spirit of a dead person or a dead animal that can appear to the living, right? What are the other words for ghosts? Um, poltergeist? There's a there's a, um, a man, I was researching his stuff. Let me find his name for you. Roger Clark. Okay. Um, he discusses nine varieties of ghosts. So we have different <laughs> names for them. See, there's research on everything, kids. It really is. <laughs> but a little tidbit before we get there. Shannon uh-huh. just brought up the word poltergeist, which is a German word, <laughs> which means poltern, means to knock, and geist is the German word for spirit. You would sound like this? No. I was going to make a ghost sound, oh. but I won't. <laughs> which if you know poltergeist, that's what they do. They're very sort of rambunctious and they let you know they're there and if you saw the movie that's they're moving furniture and throwing stuff that's true so there's that and then the other um let's see so we have poltergeist elementals historical ghosts Mm. mental imprint manifestations death survival ghosts apparitions time slips ghosts of the living and haunted inanimate objects. <laughs> Would they sound like that? <laughs> yeah, and they, now we have a quiz for everyone. <laughs> what are the nine for? But it, I think this is really interesting, though, because, and we'll get into the movies and how diverse they are. Sure. The different types of, the different ways ghosts are portrayed on the screen and even just in different belief systems. And depending on what they overtake, whether it's a person or mm-hmm. an animate object or is, is just energy, the way that we depict them, believe in them. And also, according to that, do we see them as just, um, I don't in the way or something that's actually dangerous? Sure. Um, I was thinking, yeah, because like I was, I was thinking about when I was a kid, I think that ghosts, when I was a kid, were not scary. And now they're scarier than they were when I was, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, so here's my personal piece of this is that I've never seen 
a ghost that I know of or heard a ghost or experienced a ghost that I know of um, in, you know, the world as we live in right now, except for when I was a kid, apparently, I mean, my mom told me this later. My mom told me that when I was a kid, we lived in this one apartment complex when I was real little, like to the age of maybe two, like zero to two. And I spoke pretty early. And my mom said that there were a couple of times when there was this one time she talks about when I I sort of stood up, I was in my room and it was just off the living room. It was a small apartment and I stood up and I walked to my door and I was looking into the living room. And again, like I'm like two years old and I said, mommy, you know, there, what the man would like to talk to you or something like that. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me. There's a man in your bedroom, <laughs> you know? And then she took a second and realized that well, that couldn't be true. Um, and she kind of walked over to me and picked me up and was, what are, you, what are you talking about? What man? And I, you know, pointed to the empty corner of the room or what have you. Straight out of a horror film. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, that, that time happened. There was another time I said something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so two or three, she said two or three different things like that happened in that apartment. So apparently when I was two, I was all about the ghosts, but... I have not as an adult. I don't know. I um, have had what I believe have been ghost encounters. I just want to make a quick uh, research clarification. Sure. Roger Clark, um, who I just mentioned, he actually discusses in his book the nine variety of ghosts, but these are actually identified by Peter Underwood. So I just wanted to make that correction. Oh, gotcha. Um, some very rare chance either one of them's listening. Uh, but no, you know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to. There's one currently in the room. I'm going to be doing that throughout. No, but the... as researchers, you know, we want to give credit to where credit's due. Anyway, I've had um, ghost encounters. I The the worst, when I say worst, is because it really shook me up. Uh, one that I had um, was I. I was in my early 20s, and I was living with a good friend of mine, Rob, in Los Angeles. It was one of my first apartments out here. And um, he had left for work. He and his girlfriend had left for work that day. And we had spoken the night before that they were both going to be gone that next day. There's a lot to the story. I'm going I'm to give you guys the Cliff's notes to this. So I knew that they were going to be gone the next morning. So I got up that morning and um, now they had been arguing. Uh, they, had, they hadn't been doing very well as a couple at this time. And this is sort of relevant to this. So I got up that morning and the way that our rooms were, when I walked out, uh, their bedroom door was to the left. So if you picture kind of like an L, right? Mm -hmm. And then I would go right. So I got up in the morning and um, went out to the kitchen. I even remember I was having cocoa puffs that morning. Okay. <laughs> Walking up and down the hallway. Well, that's what and it. I remember stopping when I walked out of the bedroom and I saw that, um, Jenna's feet were sticking outside of the, the bed at the bottom. And I walked up to the door, uh, to the door frame. I didn't walk in the room and I thought, huh, maybe I need to wake her up because she, she said she had a meeting today. Maybe she slept through it. But something said, no, don't go in there. She'll be fine. Uh, not in any creepy way. I was just like, ah, you know, she, maybe she already got back or I'm not going to wake her up. She doesn't need to really go. So I leave for work that day. Uh, and I remember going by that room a couple times and just thinking it was strange. 
but at the same time, also not overthinking it. Take sure. a shower, cats are running around, like just normal morning. I go to work that day and a friend of mine asks for something. I said, you know what? I don't remember, but I have it at home and Jenna didn't go to work today, so I'll give her a call. And I call and this is landlines. This is when we had landlines, yeah, right? Sure. So I'm calling, calling, calling. Nobody picks up, nobody picks up. So at the end of the day, I get home and they're home. And I said, um, hey, did you, did you go to work today? I thought you had work today. She goes, I did. I said, oh, what time did you leave? And she goes, Kathy, Rob and I were gone by like 9 a.m. <laughs> and I went cold and I pulled her into my room because I know they'd been arguing. And I said, listen, if you're, you need to say that in front of Rob because you don't want to get in trouble for not pulling your weight or whatever. Right. Please <laughs> tell me, but your hair and your feet were in that bed this morning. And so it was, um, bizarre. it was very bizarre. And uh, yeah, yes, we can go the scientific route where it's like your brain was playing tricks on you and you're not remembering it like it was sure. bullshit <laughs> because from that day, it, this, this story has not changed. Um, and I was so certain she was there that I called, uh, the house and I, I'm, we all have different beliefs. I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in transitions. I do believe in energies. I also believe in doppelgangers and all that stuff. So I don't know who was in that bed that day, but it was not a real person. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm looking right at her. She's like, jackass. That, it still scares me to think about what that was. And every time yeah. I pass that apartment on Woodman, I'm <laughs> you just think like. think about it. And, and there was, he, you know, what's funny is he had several ghost encounters in that room. There sure. was a night that he woke up and he's like, did the, did you go in my closet last night? Like what? Because he was like a brother to me. I'm like, no. He's like, I don't. I mean, I don't care if you. And he's like, I don't think the cats could move. No, the cats could not move that. So yeah, we had a that room was filled with something too funny, mm -hmm. too funny. <laughs> so yeah, movies, ghost movies. Mm -hmm. um, do, you have, I, do you have a favorite? I have a few. I was trying to narrow it down. It's like I kind of want to do. I have favorites from back in the day, like imprint favorites mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i have contemporary scary favorites mm -hmm. so i would say from back in the day oh it's a tough call but the shining is certainly mm -hmm. um up there and i really enjoyed poltergeist mm -hmm. uh, of course and i was scared by it when mm -hmm. i was a kid um and then um and then there's a lot of like contemporary ones that okay. I would talk about probably. How about you? Do you have back in the day ones? Back in the day would be Poltergeist. Okay. Um, and, you know, I love Ghostbusters. But the my two top favorites that have stood and have never changed for me are The Others with Nicole Kidman yeah. and 13 Ghosts. Yeah. Um, those are definitely on my list. Uh, the Others is really great. And it's 13 done Ghosts. so well. And 13 Ghosts is really underrated. Completely. It has a little bit of a cult following. But if you guys haven't yes. seen it. It's awesome. It is. It really is. It's always been good. And I remember the first time I saw it. I actually yeah. remember the first time I saw it. Were you and shocked I, by how good it was? I was really shocked. Uh, and I saw it in the theater. Oh, you did? Yeah. See, I didn't see it till after it had gone and nobody really said much. And when I, I saw it, I was like, how did this not get more attention? Yeah. And the reason why I saw it in the theater was the guy from Scream. Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I went to see it. He was, was awesome like, in it. I love him. <laughs> well, I loved him a lot at the time. And, um, and what's his face plays the dad who was great also. Yeah. It's a good cast. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
that's why I went to see it. Um, and then, you know, expecting nothing. And I always thought for a few years, I thought, well, maybe I liked it because I was expecting nothing. It's 2001 but, already, if you can believe it. It's yeah, yeah. It's almost 20 years old, I guess. So, or 18 years old. Um, yeah, Matthew Lillard was really good in that. And the other very more scary ghost movies to me because i i in thinking about ghost movies this week i i do believe that ghost movies actually scare me like they have the capacity to actually scare me you know we talk about a lot of horror movies and i would say like 90 percent of the horror movies i watch don't actually scare me yeah you know like in the moment you go like oh god and you cover your eyes but as far as feeling that terror in your hard and your you know heart racing and all of that not a lot of movies do that um for me but i would say that uh i've talked before about the conjuring franchise um the conjuring's so good the conjuring the very first one is really good i also like the conjuring too i also was scared by annabelle um creation uh, there's there's one more that I forgot that kind of goes in line with that. It's not part of that series. I haven't. I actually the nun and it's all those. Um, yeah. Curse of La Llorona, which wasn't very good. Horrible. Um, but there's like three Annabelle movies and a few conjuring. There's a Conjuring three as well. The one that got me, I forgot to put it on my list, and it, it gave me that reaction that you're talking about mm -hmm. is um, the first Haunting of Connecticut. Oh wow, I haven't seen that. Ooh. <laughs> Is that an old one? And too? I watched that during the day and it scared me. <laughs> yeah. That one that one and the others, as far as ghost that ghost movies that really terrified me. Mm. Um Haunting of Connecticut. I would say, yeah, I just looked it up. Uh it looks I'll put it on my list. Um the other ones that really scared scared me are It Follows. From I still haven't seen those. From 2014, yeah. You Simply Must. I know, and I keep forgetting <laughs> about them because it's supposed to be amazing. No, yeah, It Follows is really scary, and it's a coming-of-age story. So the two together, which are two you know popular genres, obviously, and two that we talk about quite a bit, like the coming-of-age and then horror movies. But I also, uh, The Ring and The Grudge, uh, the, the original grudge I, I mean it's different but i they're all scary let's just put it mm -hmm. that way the ring was scary they're all scary um and let's see there was another one there's a few that i haven't seen that i'm thinking do you have others that you would mention mm, no because i i don't love most ghost movies okay honestly yeah i think the ones that i like are few and far between and why I like them, I'm absolutely obsessed with them. So I don't... So it's more like the old school poltergeist? I guess. Like I mean, Haunting of Connecticut was 2009. I feel like every once in a while, they, they'll they do a really good one. And I think between the others, for me, mm -hmm. between the others, which was, I think, 90s, mm -hmm. and Haunting of Connecticut, those really stick out to movies that actually freaked me out to the point that I had to either close my eyes or, you know... Right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had read The Shining when I saw it, but it's still, you know, it's a different experience mm -hmm. seeing it than it is reading it. And of course, as always, the book is different than the movie, but Jack Nicholson was terrifying in it to me. Mm -hmm. um, Poltergeist scared me a little bit. Um, like you said, more as a kid for me. 
yeah, as a kid, it scared me a little bit, but I, I can't, I don't have any, you know, like we've talked about long ago, um, our first scary movies and alien was mine. And that movie scared me a lot. And whereas Poltergeist, you know, I wasn't scared by Ghostbusters, but it was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think contemporary, I really like the haunting of Hill house. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. That was really good. As far as being scared. eh, I I had some moments in that one that freaked me out. Yeah. I mean, you can personalize it because it's people, you know, it's ongoing Mm -hmm. over weeks and weeks. I just thought it was really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, But things like the, like the original grudge movie, Juan, um, which was Takashi uh, Shimizu, I probably really messed that pronunciation up, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, that was really scary for me, and so the American version is scary too. Um, but the Juan was, you know, came out in like I don't know, early two thousands, two thousand one or two, something like that. And there's I didn't a- realize it was that new, the original one. I thought it was much older. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I have the years wrong, but I know there's a two and a, I think there's a two, yeah, um, of the original, like, Juan, but um, 2002 is when I think, is what I'm looking at, although I'm seeing, you know, like, a, other videos by him that were in 2000, so it's right around there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that one scared me a lot. <laughs> it's the ones or the ring it's the ones where these like these little or in the conjuring was the same way like these little creepy girls maybe yes <laughs> anytime we use children right we've yeah. talked we've had episodes on that whole episode children dolls all those mm-hmm. episodes where it's like a or <laughs> i mean i realized that leprechaun and all that is is a little bit ridiculous but like the original chucky was scary when it first came out it scared me a little bit it, well yeah when it first came out i mean when it was first came out because we hadn't seen real visual effects yet um or, you know, I don't know, yeah. little things that come to life that are running at me or grabbing my hand or when they look you in the eye, they push right into your face or they've mm-hmm. got no mouth or, you know, just those distortions of the human body that are. And maybe that's what it is about ghosts, like because because we're not sure. I mean, you know, maybe I'll get some flack on this, but because we're not sure if they're real or not. Um some people are sure, some people aren't. Um, it, you know, because it's not really, I don't know. I could, I'll just say I personally don't know if they're real or not. Well, there's nowhere to prove it, if that's what you mean. Well, I don't know. I would imagine some people would say there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, Ghostbusters, real life Ghostbusters mm-hmm. or the Conjuring people. Or, or how, maybe how we are um, defining what a ghost is. Right. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, the definition I said at the beginning was just that ghosts are, you know, dead souls or spirits that are haunting you, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess people who, you know, try to get pictures and video, like ghost chasers, mm-hmm. uh, like the real conjuring couple, mm-hmm. um, would have a more scientific argument for that. But for me, uh, because we're not sure if they're real and they are personifications hypothetically of people that we once loved. Well, there's a piece here. So we can get into this yeah. um, if you want now or we can wait. But I, I found an article by a woman by the name of Tiffany Wen, and it was in Health Magazine. 
And it's actually called Why Do People Believe in Ghosts? And one of the, the top things, which is what you're talking about, Shannon, is the idea of our own mortality can be frightening, so there's motivation to believe in ghosts, surviving death to live another realm. So again, these are... I'm not suggesting that this is what I believe in. This is just one of the reasons why as a, as a community or as, as a, as a society or whatever, we may believe that, uh, believe in ghosts, one theory, because it is essentially about an afterlife. Now, depending on how you believe in that, some people believe ghosts are actually stuck and that's not the best way to go into the next. Yeah. I think like, yeah, there's, you're kind of talking about two different things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not different things, but two things in that, um, we we both it's the dialectic we both of psychology we both want to believe that there's an afterlife but we also don't want to believe our loved ones are stuck here looking like creepy children trying to kill us or whatever like right. in horror movies right and, so and i think that's why there's uh even in like the secular world or secular areas of the world where religion doesn't really impact um there's such the belief in ghosts is still very high mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily all, it's not correlated necessarily with religion or spiritual. It can be, mm -hmm. but there are other motives there. Yeah, it just, it strikes me that's a really um, important point. I think that comes up, I think we're starting to see themes of that in all of our conversations over the last year in the in the dialectic of each thing. So when we talked about kids, it's like the, it's, um, the thing is, is that, Kids are cute and innocent. They're not supposed to try to kill you type of thing. And this is a similar thing where we want ghosts to be um, our loved ones back to have a chat with us. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes in the movies, you know, they'll have that as a story point, as an emotional story point where um, the main character will get a, a, an important message or something mm -hmm. from from their grandma to, that that drives the plot forward. But this isn't the kind of ghost we're necessarily talking about today, just because right. they're we're There's, talking horror movie ghosts. And, and sometimes we're even just uh, it, it's a feeling that mm -hmm. people have. You know, they don't even see anything; they just feel it. Right or auditory. Right, that's mm -hmm. another way to have a presence. I mean, that's what I hear about. Like. And in our world, of course, sometimes that's pathologized. Well, all the time it's pathologized as uh, hallucinations. Yeah. You're right. So auditory, visual. Going with that, because the brain does, you know, there's a lot of research mm -hmm. showing that the brain does um, create these images sometimes. And it's not always because someone has schizophrenia. Right. Michael Shermer, who is the author of a book called The Believing Brain, argues that we see casual intentional relationships even when they don't exist because it's evolutionarily advantageous to do so and because humans have the tendency to look at patterns and see them as deliberate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so pattern recognition. Pattern recognition, I believe, yeah. So Scientific American, um, in, the in a column for Scientific American, Shermer writes, we believe that these in intentional agents control the world sometimes invisibly from the top down as opposed to bottom up casual randomness hmm. together patternicity and agenticity form the cognitive basis of shamanism paganism animism polytheism monotheism and all the modes modes of old and new age spiritualism so like i was saying earlier it's so many different belief system, belief systems yeah. involved yeah absolutely um the pattern recognition is actually one of the things that a scientists or medical personnel or psychologists talk about 
why we like horror movies in general is that there's a pattern recognition to something that's familiar, like a, a cute little fluffy dog. And then the cute little fluffy dog has spikes for ears and red eyeballs, mm -hmm. you know, but there's a pattern recognition in our brain that says that's a dog. Dogs are friendly. Right. <laughs> and then you, and then it's something not that it's got spikes <laughs> for ears and red eyes and it's, and it scares us because, mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about with, mm -hmm. the, that's what I was mentioning about, you know, I've noticed that I mentioned a lot of movies with little girls with black eyes mm -hmm. and creepy hair or whatever, mm -hmm. um, because little girls are supposed, you know, are a personification of me for one, mm -hmm. right? Me as a little girl. And then also, um, Innocence, innocence, I was about innocence. To say, yeah. and vulnerability. Little girls are vulnerable in our culture, mm -hmm. um, and uh, hypothetically innocent. So, all right, let's yeah. take a break. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll do some more of this. Okay, we'll be right back. While we take a break, go follow us on Instagram at Terror Talk Podcast, Twitter at Talk Terror, or on our Facebook page, Halloween All Year Long. If you prefer email, it's terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. So reach out. If you like us, you can help us by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page. We upload new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Keep coming back, but first, stick around for more of our show. Hi, everybody. We're back. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. So there, there's one more little piece of psych info I want to throw in here. Sure. Um, you brought up hallucinations earlier, and I think, you know, I, I want to be careful here because I understand in some cultures that um, when people see or experience spirits that it's not a sign of mental illness. Absolutely. So that is not what we're talking about here. Um, in the same article the when article um, she talks about hallucinations and sleep paralysis. I have had sleep paralysis, I think three times. That is so scary. It is the worst feeling ever. The first time I had it, I, I imagined that my body was under lava. It was like, you feel like you're, it's, you're pretty much half asleep, half awake. My, my head and my eyes and everything, the neck up was awake and my body was completely asleep. And then little by little, you have to kind of force yourself to like, tell your brain to move a finger and then you like break out of it. It's really scary. So hallucinations and sleep paralysis are often thought to of to be ghosts rather than the brain playing tricks on someone. Studies have shown that around 30 to 40% of people have experienced sleep paralysis at least once in their lives. I think I've had it like three times wow. with about 5% of participants reporting visual and audio hallucinations, including the presence of monstrous figures and difficulty breathing. So I believe that's during the sleep paralysis have you ever experienced it i have not but That's it's awful. so interesting that we're talking about it because i was just um listening to an interview on howard stern this morning but with uh billy eilish yeah is that how she mm -hmm. pronounced her name um and she was talking about how she'd had sleep she suffers from sleep paralysis and tourette's and uh, mm. some other things and so um she was talking about it and she was just talking about how really scary and how it will last for two or three seconds but it feels like forever. It feels like minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 you do, you sit there and you're like, what's wrong with my body? And you're not completely conscious. Mm -hmm. um, and so the part that says that you might experience visual or audio hallucinations, I had, I experienced it. One of the times I experienced it, I wasn't in full sleep paralysis. I had more 
ability to move my body, but I woke up and I had an image standing at the, this is now, by the way, since this moment, and I would say it's been about 10 years, this is why I fall asleep with the TV on. I set a timer and I have to fall asleep with the TV on now. Oh. I don't think I really know. I don't, I can fall asleep without it and not be afraid of this anymore, but this isn't why this started. Mm -hmm. So I was falling asleep. The TV was off. It was totally dark in the room. And I wake up to what I th thought I woke up. I was probably asleep. I woke up to an image at the bottom of my bed, um, this really nasty ghost image, standing over my bed, pointing at me and laughing. Um, and then I woke up. And it was enough to impact me. I couldn't yeah. move. And it was a split second, but it was enough for me to not be able to sleep all the rest of the night. And I, I don't believe it was a real monster. I do believe it was my brain. Right. But it was terrifying. Yeah. And, and similarly, I've known people, you know, detoxing from drugs and alcohol oh. who have a lot of panic and a lot of anxiety. It's part of the detox. And they'll often see images, shapes. Um, of course, they're having nightmares, but they also have waking nightmares where when you're in the liminal space, like between sleeping and, and waking, they, you know, there'll be the like shapes and dark shadows yep. and things like that. A so, lot happens in that stage. Yeah. And, you know, some people talk about it being our unconscious, you know, mm -hmm. our subconscious, et cetera. So it's part of the dreaming state, but because we're people and our eyes are open and we know we're sort of awake, it doesn't, we don't, we don't think of it as sleep, but it's, it's sort of an extension of it, I guess. I have a, I have a little bit of a theory just because you brought up Billie Eilish yeah. um, and she says she has Tourette's and um, mm -hmm. has sleep paralysis. I have suffered from chronic anxiety um, for most of my life on and off, depending on my stress levels. And I've, I know that this technically will happen in times where I'm really like, I haven't had it in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then you also brought up um, drug and alcohol detox. And you think about all the different dopamine rushes and depletions that are happening, the you unhealthy bet. levels of all of that. When we look at um, schizophrenia, one of the theoretical models around it is that there are, uh, there's an excess of dopamine in certain um, dopaminergic pathways in the brain that creates these hallucinations. And so without getting too formal about this and getting into it and digressing, it's just, I think our brain is really trippy in that way mm -hmm. that just chemicals can create this stuff. Absolutely. And the fun thing about talking about the brain is that we're always learning about it. There's no, we've learned a lot about it in the past couple of decades, like made leaps and bounds over what we had done for the hundred years prior to that, in my opinion. But, um, but I, I'm sure you could argue that point as far as when things were discovered. But and we're st it's still not something we know all everything about. Right. And I, and I don't know that we ever it's like I think the brain is one of the great mysteries. Absolutely. Um, and that's why it's it, it's really interesting to have conversations about it, too, because I think as as layman people watch, um, you know, TED Talks and read things or documentaries about the brain and um, think it's finite, like mm -hmm. that this is fact. And, and sure, certain things are fact and certain things aren't. And just, just know that it's, it's a moving target. Totally. You know, we don't, we don't know everything yet. That's why there's so many different theoretical models around different things. Yeah. I, I, one thing I wanted to mention, we were talking about how some cultures um, have a different perspective on spirituality and spirits and ghosts, what we call ghosts. 
I have one of my favorite authors is his name is Luis Alberto Urea, and he he works a lot in magic magical realism, which is um, something that he writes a lot about and is something in Mexican culture. And he happens to be, I believe, half Mexican, half American. Um, and he, there's a book, there's one book called The Hummingbird's Daughter, but he's written several books and won prizes and all that. And I don't think he's on everyone's radar, kind of been an indie writer forever, but he's written a ton of books. Anyway, if you're into magical realism, He's a fantastic writer and a really nice guy, and so I'll just give him a shout out. He got he won a lot of um, uh, acclaim, acclaim or awards for a book he wrote called The Devil's Highway, which oh, was that sounds familiar. Yeah, it was pretty famous at the time. It won the 2005 Pulitzer Prize in okay. nonfiction. Um, often our Pulitzer Prize winners are not really famous, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. as you know, mm -hmm. as we all know, but. Um, it was it was a true story basically, and he he brought in his family and um, into the stories. Um, it's basically about um, in May two thousand one, a group of men attempted to cross the border into the desert of Arizona, uh, and a place called the Devil's Highway. It's okay. a place called the Devil's Highway. So fathers and sons, brothers and strangers, they enter there, and um, twelve came out. So. Whatever happened along the way, it's like a like an odyssey story through their journey. And okay. um, it's uh, let me see. I was just looking at something about it. Twenty six Mexican men scrambled across the border and into an area of the Arizona desert known as the Devil's Highway. Only twelve made it safely across. Mm. So it's that story, and it's really good. Okay. And so anyway, but he he writes a lot of fiction. So I'll check it out. That's my guy. I like him a lot. Uh, yeah. So, oh, what now? I forgot two, two you, of my oh, faves. Oh, you forgot two movies? Mm, two really good ones. One, which, uh, just like 13 Ghosts, was completely underrated, mm -hmm. but scared the crap out of me, was 1999 Kevin Bacon's Stir of Echoes. <gasps> I put that on my list to ah, talk about. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to talk about it? It's absolutely, on your list? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's actually on my list of... Shit, man, that movie's good. When he starts to I go know. nuts and they play uh, Paint It Black in the yeah. Yeah. in the back and he's starting to go nuts and he's starting to cover everything. Oh my God, I haven't watched that in a uh, while. If you guys haven't, if especially if you're a younger audience and you've never seen this, totally awesome ghost movie. So it's Kevin Bacon. It's Kevin Bacon. And Eliana Douglas is yes. in it too. Yes. Nah. Let me read the little, hmm, what does it say? It says, blue collar family man... Tom Witzke, Kevin Bacon, scoffs at supernatural phenomena until he lets his wife's sister, Lisa, that's Eliana, put him into a hypnotic trance. Upon waking, Tom realizes he has a psychic connection with his son. He also has alarming hallucinations of a missing teenage neighbor. Mm -hmm. Convinced his visions will lead him to the girl. Ooh. I remember that. Oh, oh it's God. so good. It's okay, it's so, so good. good. So it's from 1999, guys. So it's and, um, yeah. about 20 years old. Yeah. That's a good one. And the other one, mm -hmm. 2001, Michelle Pfeiffer, Harrison Ford, What Lies Beneath. Oh, yeah. I think Another I saw that. Another one that went completely under just. I think I've seen it, that. It was Robert Zemeckis who did Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. It was his first 
movie with his film company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a couple who experience a strange haunting of, of their home. And all of this, re- I, I'm not even going to say, you guys just need to see this, okay? Norman Spencer, a university research scientist, is growing more and more concerned about his wife, Claire, a retired concert cellist who a year ago was involved in a serious auto accident. So he just starts to suspect stuff's going on. Weirder and weirder, weirder stuff starts happening. And as the movie unfolds, you find out why. Really, really good. Have you seen this? It look. I just looked it up and it looks really familiar. So I would imagine when I start watching it, I'll recognize it. But it was it came out in 2000. 2000. Um, looked like it did $291 million in box office. So it's awesome. You know, between Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer in the year 2000, that would mm-hmm. have been still a pretty good mm-hmm. box office like draw. Yeah. Um, it says... The review I'm reading says part Tales from the Crypt, part Hitchcockian thriller. It's very Hitchcock. What Lies Beneath uses creepy supernatural suspense. I think that's (laughs) Zemeckis was heavily influenced by Hitchcock. But I say it's underrated because overall it gets like six and a half stars out of ten. Oh, God. And I'm shocked by that. Well, it's it's had 20 years to get those reviews. That's true. But but I remember when it came out, not a lot of people talked about it. So it's interesting to see how much it made because I just remember going, this is so good. I don't know why we're not talking about it more. Yeah. And maybe it took 20 years to get those numbers too. I don't Mm -hmm. know when they pulled those numbers. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. Okay. We've been waiting to be able to do sound effects for quite a while. (laughs) And And now this month is going to be, yes, (laughs) I was the one very excited and now she's going crazy with them. So I don't know. I'm going to use them as a punch up when we, when we, oh my God. we might be doing, you know, talking about some serial killer and I'm just going to throw in a moan or two Good. or something, which, cause I mean, we do warn you that we have a dark sense of humor, right? So, um, <laughs> there were actually a couple of original, originally Spanish movies. I, I'm sure they probably have remakes and it's just interesting when we were bringing up magic realism, but, um, one of them is called, and I'm going to butcher the Spanish, so El Orfanado from 2007, um, It's which means the orphanage in Spanish. Oh, I heard this was terrifying. So I I haven't seen it. Did they do an American version of this? I'm going to look at that. I don't... The one I'm looking at is the Spanish one. Okay. So it's possible, no. The 2001... Looks to be the Spanish for yeah, okay. 2007 Spanish supernatural Maybe that's, horror. That's film. the one because I know it's different from the Orphan, which is a different movie. Yeah, yeah, different movie. But, I, but I thought image. that they had done it, but maybe not. Maybe the Spanish one just did that well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it opened at the at Con Cannes Film Festival, um, so I don't know. But that that's one that I know has gotten amazing reviews and th- people say great things about it, and it's on my list. I have not seen it. Uh, and then there was another one, another Spanish one that is called El Orianato. Wait, no, that's the one I just said. El Espinaza del Diablo, which means the devil's Devil. backbone. Yeah. 2001. Um, that is another one that I think it has some little creepy kid in it. <laughs> but it's Guillermo del Toro. So oh, he's I, great. I really um I like him. And uh produced by 
Almodovar, um, Augustine, who I'm familiar with as well. So that one I have not seen either. At least I don't think I have seen it. Um, I feel like I would have remembered, but because when there's subtitles involved, I generally, <laughs> I remember the movie more so. So there's, okay, so here's another one. Have you, there's a movie called 1408. And it's from 2007. 2007 is a bit of a blur. A lot happened for me that year. So John Cusack. Oh, yes. Samuel L. Jackson. Do you, do Wait you, a minute. Does this feel familiar to you? Is it the one in the motel or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I remember. I know there's one you're talking about. Yeah. So this is um, John Cusack's a successful author who enjoys worldwide acclaim debunking supernatural phenomenon before he checks into the Dolphin Hotel. You're right. That is ignoring the warnings of the hotel manager, which is Samuel L. Jackson. This movie was so scary. Okay. So this is one I also want to see. So. I did a lot of research into ghost movies because I actually kind of... Oh, so you haven't seen this? No, I oh, haven't Oh, yeah, seen you it. have to see this. I really don't think I've seen it. I'm looking at the the film art, and I really don't... Especially as a psychologist. Well, it, and I love John Cusack. But it's a, and I it's, love it's, Jackson. it's a huge psychological thriller. Okay, cool. So that's on my list. It calls it a fantasy thriller. I do not think I've seen this. But, um, I mean, because I... See, here's the thing. The, the crazy thing for me is that it's based on Stephen King's short story that's by the same name so that's why i can't believe i haven't seen it right. so no I, it's it's good and it um there's a lot of twists but it's hev heavily psychological well that figures right because it's stephen king so yeah that that makes a lot of sense um what else let's see well i mean there's a bunch of things that i haven't seen there's so many horror movies out there <laughs> like it's just crazy like insidious is one i want to see there's one called sinister that i want to see mm -hmm. that's actually pretty recent from 2012 mm -hmm. um what else the ha oh there's a couple of old ones here's where i was going to go with this there's a couple of really old ones that as i was researching and i was looking at people's top 10 lists and stuff because mm -hmm. of course that's what comes up when you're like best ghost movies ever type of thing um there's one from 1963 called the haunting it's supposed to be psychological from 1963 horror. yes huh. it's supposed to be psychological horror uh julie harris who was a good actress back in the day so there's that one. It's a ghost story. And then there's one called The Innocence uh, from 1961 that's on everyone's list. Um, it, it looks like Truman Capote was one of the writers on it. Uh, so it's like Deborah Kerr. It's all these old actresses that nobody would know these days. But it's British and it's a psychological hmm. horror film as well. So okay. those two from the 60s, I'm contemplating looking at they look to be both black and white but i don't know okay yeah some of the older ones do you remember i mean this is not a ghost story at all but i loved um like the we original digress. house of wax and i actually liked oh, yeah. i liked the new one too that's another one that i thought um didn't do great but had not, a good cult following to it it's not a ghost story it's a no house of wax was it's oh. along the same lines of the terror torment stuff oh okay mm -hmm. We did that. That's for sure. I mean, there, it looks like there's an original from 1953, and with, then there's um, a 2005 one. Yeah, it's with uh, oh, what's his name? He's the the contemporary one or the old no, one? No, the old one is with uh, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Um, you know, it's funny as we talk about ghosts. I I 
you you had said early on in the episode that ghost stories weren't really your thing or ghost um not ghost story i actually like the whole creepy factor of i just think there's so many bad ghost movies that only every few and far between will i just be like oh like stir of echoes when i found that i'm like how did i forget because that one really hit me hard yeah right i guess we haven't really talked about the bad ghost movies there's too many of them yeah i don't even I actually can't even think of one well, like, right this minute. <laughs> Curse of All Arona or, oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. like um, yeah, um, sure. The Nun. I mean, those that are just so overproduced and just, just bad. Well, and that's the Conjuring franchise too. It looks like they're taking a turn. <laughs> I know. But the first six movies in that franchise or whatever it is, is really, I don't know. They're really great. And I think, I, I don't know. There's something about, well, you guys can... Tell me if I'm wrong, but there's something about bad horror movies that are just sort of delightful. <laughs> Some bad ones. I mean, you're talking to someone who used to go to a, a place called Thomas Video back in the day of the VHS, and my friend and I would rent all the B-horror films. Yeah. So I appreciate really bad horror, like mm-hmm. cheaply done. Like Leprechaun. You can and- tell that the, I, I'm even going even worse. Like you can tell that the, the props were glued back together to re-break the bottle. Mm-hmm. But when they're marketing as really good and scary and they tend to be bad. Sure. I think that's, that's different. That's now, right? That's yes. the culture now. Is yes. It's like, and I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like some of the horror movies, contemporary horror movies that we like and probably would say the same thing. I mean, that's just taste, right? But, I guess. But yeah, it's like, um, you know, killer clowns from outer space and stuff that mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They didn't take themselves so seriously. <laughs> There's nothing really delightful about it sometimes or just hilarious, like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, and- God. <laughs> and there's like three of those. <laughs> I know the old ones, the Wicker Man, you know, mm-hmm. which is I mean, the original is very crazy mm-hmm. and creepy, but there's a Nick Cage one, yeah, you yeah. know, so stuff like that. It's just. I don't know. Yeah. So I guess there's a lot of bad ghost stories that a lot we, of bad that I'm I personally am not thinking about, and I do try to limit my. <laughs> I try to watch quality horror movies, and I also try to watch campy horror movies. I guess those are the yeah. two, like campy and old, or pretty good. <laughs> I like them to be pretty good. I mean, in this day and age, where we've got all of the. We've got all of the technology to tell us if most of the population thinks it's pretty good. So I would actually, um, there was a movie that I've mentioned before um, called Under the Shadow, which was an Iranian movie that I saw at Sundance a couple of years back and I mentioned it in another well, we, episode. Yeah, we talk, we did a whole episode on it. Well, that and like three other movies that yeah. like kind of, I, I think the the episode was like about Sundance and movies that came out of it or something. But that's a movie that I realize is, um, since Kathy told me is on Netflix with subtitles or something, but if you can see it without the, uh, hmm, I guess with English, I don't know. I saw it in its original version. I would rather see it in the original version. Cause apparently on Netflix, they overdubbed it. That's it was what bad. They did. Yes. If you can see it with the subtitles, it's so good. Um, apparently the overdubbing. Because her voice was just awful. Yeah. Overdubbing ruins everything. (laughs) I remember when they used to do that on a lot of films on planes, they would Mm -hmm. overdub and I was like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. just read the subtitles. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I realize it means you have to focus and that is really hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this day and age, but yeah. All right. So is that, 
Is that ghosts? Have we? That's ghosts. Have we talked ghosts? Okay, we're going to be right back with our what the hell segment in just a minute. Hey everybody, this is Terror Talk. We're back. This is our what the hell segment. And for those of you who don't know, it's basically a f- strange true crime story. We don't research them. We just look them up and we don't talk to each other before we talk about them. And so we can make each other giggle, I guess. You know what? There's one thing. Amityville Horror. Oh, yeah. We've, I, How did we fail to mention that? I didn't. I don't know. I just I spaced it. Um but so I'm going to mention it now. I love that movie. Yeah. And the remake with uh, Ryan Reynolds, and I think it was Melissa George, if I remember mm, correctly, that sure. uh, the remake was actually really good, but the original is pretty flippant. Yeah. Scary. It's uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I did not, I did not want to forget to mention Amity before. Mm-hmm. Of course. Just it's in like, case someone it's, lives. It's right up there with Poltergeist. You yeah. can't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. All right. So what the hell? You go first. Okay. This is called The Dumbest Robber on Earth. So it says, some criminals are just dumb. Others have incredibly bad luck. 33-year-old Nathaniel <laughs> Coleman of Imokali, hmm. Florida. Sorry, guys, if you live there, um, is, the, is the latter. He pulled off what seemed like a successful home robbery and made off with thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, but then made the cosmically doomed accident of trying to pawn off the stolen goods at a store managed by the woman who owned the home he had just robbed. Idiot. <laughs> I <Right>. couldn't help it. <laughs> Go ahead. Basically. <laughs> Coleman walks into Maryland's boutique on the 200 block of West Main Street in Immokalee, something like that, sure. on Monday, according to the Naples Daily News. He started showing the store manager the goods he was looking to sell, but then the woman realized that they were suspiciously identical to <laughs> items from her own jewelry collection. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the bonus of That's working. my watch. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not giving you shit for that. You're <laughs> giving it you? back. Who are you? Get out, sir. Idiot. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So... <clears throat> This is a volatile combination. Nudity, guns, drugs, and pizza. Oh. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've been places where there are stores called guns and ammo or guns and drugs, but... Guns and drugs. But nudity, guns, drugs, and pizza adds a whole new level. So... (laughs) Philip Engel, a 27-year-old man who found himself in a not-so-happy situation at Happy's Pizza. And Kathy, it's in Muskegon... Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> oh, the, this just figures. <laughs> Engel, who who lives next door, apparently to the pizza place, I guess, uh, allegedly showed up. Yeah, he must live next door because he showed up to the pizzeria wearing just a towel uh, with his three young children in tow, oh which God. makes the story a little wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Um, according to the police incident report, Engel was carrying a gun. And he used it to bang on the glass door until it shattered. So just picture this man wearing towel only, three children in tow, yeah. gun. Banging on the glass, <laughs> glass shatters of the pizzeria. That gets everyone's attention. The gun then allegedly discharged because the police found a bullet casing lodged in the door, the door's metal frame. So I guess one of the bangs of the Let's say the gun goes off, right? So there's a gunshot, shattered window. <laughs> three naked, children, half naked man. Half naked man, three children standing there. 
Um, officers respond to the scene and they found Engel on his porch, which was next door to the pizza place, okay. with a handgun. He threw the gun on the yard um, when he was ordered to drop it. He just threw it on the yard. And later he told them that he had three loaded guns in the home and they confiscated it, et cetera. Okay. So an employee at Happy's Pizza told an officer from Muskegon Township Police Department that when Engel was at the shop, he yelled, no one will help me, no one will feed my kids. He also allegedly said, I'm tripping out. (laughs) (laughs) I need to feed my drug habit. (laughs) So Engel reportedly told police later that he had earlier consumed four hits of LSD. There it is. Yeah. He was literally tripping out. It wasn't the 80s. Uh, One of Engel's young children told officers that her father had also shot the dashboard of their car because it wouldn't stop beeping. (laughs) Because it wouldn't stop beeping. He just shoots whatever gets in his way. Yeah, they found a spent casing on the dashboard and what appeared to be a bullet hole. So that jives with the story. Um, According to the news, Engel's wife said he took out a, she took out a personal protection order against him. Uh, He was arraigned for, this is interesting. He was arraigned on four misdemeanor charges. Malicious destruction of property worth two hundred to one thousand dollars, which I guess is the window or the door or the car or something. Careless discharge of a firearm, obviously. Reckless use of a firearm, uh huh, and possession of a firearm while under the influence. So, what the story doesn't tell me is who's taking care of the children now. <laughs> right. Yeah, like that's a CP. It's a CPS issue. The too. pizza place. Yeah. <laughs> The pizza workers. And the kids all got a job. And they all know how to make cheese pizza. I mean, we're making light of it, but of course, in the field we're in, we both work with children. I'm like halfway through the story. I'm, oh, I'm thinking, okay. So, I've also worked with those guys. So, yes. <laughs> and I've worked with those kids. <laughs> These kids, like kids, yeah. the stories I hear are stories like this. So, um, yeah. So that's our What the Hell segment. I, I would like to say... It's funny, doing this episode on ghosts, I was thinking, ah, how can we work ghost stories into the show? (laughs) Because I just love ghost stories. Yeah. So we might not not do it here. Maybe we'll do it on the Shrink Chat show or something, working a ghost story every now and then, because there's so many great ghost stories out there. And you guys, if you have ghost stories out there yeah write to us and we will please share them on please. on our episodes whether it's shrink chat or whatever we'll give you a shout out and we'll share the stories everyone loves a good ghost story oh so my god yeah please send them to us yes please email terror talk podcast at gmail.com or reach out on twitter or instagram or the facebook page it's all in the tags that you hear throughout the show so please reach out to us we would love to hear your ghost stories and please two things one we our Friday show called Shrink Chat will be the next thing we would love you to listen to. It's more of a casual show, although this month these shows are, we feel are pretty casual, but they're actually you know we do a little research, so those shows not so much. Uh, and then next Wednesday we're doing werewolves, so tune back in for that. This is Tara Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. If you enjoyed this show, there are two things you could do for us. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media, as well as writing a review on iTunes. Plus, you could check out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.